Hey, Verbal Tap people, thank you for tuning in to part two. We're going to pick up, up, Raph's going to make fun of me for that. We're going to pick up with our interval. Interval? Now maybe I'm trying to do it. Nope. Girlfriend shake her head at me like, ah, intro's not going well, but I'm going to ride the pine on this one because they call me Kevin One Take Phillips. Raph's probably not going to let me do this again i'm gonna read from the teleprompter okay welcome back verbal tap fans part two of the three-year anniversary we're gonna pick up where we left off with jujitsu superstar rafael lovato jr Raphael, I'm always curious in terms of physical conditioning because you're big on that and you're big on physical conditioning correctly. Do you change your physical conditioning for MMA and in what ways specifically? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, what I'm saying is I'm just so fortunate and thankful to have uh, an amazing strength and conditioning coach, you know, what I feel is, you know, world-class uh, right here, you know, like 15 minutes away from me, and uh, and it's Luke Tyree. Um, I've been working with him for over four years now, and he's constantly learning and getting better and traveling and you know uh, training with other you know coaches and 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 applying new techniques and new things to training and you know he's learning about my body and what I need and you know so I feel like. You know, his coaching for me and everything that we're doing is always getting better. And, um, you know, for me, it's really important for a lot of reasons. You know, I don't I don't just do the physical training, you know, the strength and conditioning to just get in shape for tournaments. You know, I'm doing it to try to make my body better, you know, like to uh, avoid injury and um, make myself healthier and more flexible and be able to find strength and new ranges and, you know, the mobility aspects of it, you know, and that's his whole philosophy. Um, you know, he has an amazing approach. Um, you know, it's not just numbers and beating personal records and, and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's like, how can you move more efficiently? How can you find more strength and, you know, in certain positions and how can you control your body better and get more mobile and more flexible and all the things that are just perfect for what we do, you know? And, uh, and so I make it, you know, a big part of my training, you know, for the health aspects of it. And then also because, you know, the majority of my training I do here at home and it's with my guys where, you know, my technical ability can allow me to, to re- relax a little bit at certain times, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so to get that real physical push where I'm breathing hard, where I'm tired, where I'm dead, you know, I, I got to go to the gym. I got to have Luke, you know, push me for that. And beat so, you up. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. This is why well, we you see know, you running it, up so it, many it, hills. Up in a, yeah. In a smart way though, yeah. in a very smart way. Strategically. You know, I, he he put he plugs in the recovery sessions, 
you know, he listens to my body. That's the first thing he asks me every day. How do you feel? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, here's what we're going to do. And so it's perfect. It's amazing. But, um, you know, for MMA, you know, it's a lot different because, you know, I'm used to the majority of the matches I do being at least 10 minutes. And, uh, and so a lot of the, the conditioning work that I do is more for like, you know, in, endurance to go for a longer amount of time. I, I was going to say, cause sometimes those 10 to, minutes is like eight matches though. It's like eight, 10 minute rounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so he, he designs it, you know, uh, totally specific for what I have going on. And so, you know, uh, we're doing a lot more explosive work, um, you know, shorter, shorter rounds, you know, five minute rounds, and, uh, you know, we work a lot on the shoulders, uh, you know, we're always training the legs, um, but, you know, the, 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 the grueling wrestling aspects of MMA being against the cage and, and the striking and everything, you know, the upper body, um, is, is more affected, uh, in MMA. And so, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of the shoulder work and also keeping my range of motion, my flexibility as well, because, you know, I was still dealing with my injury. And so, um, you know, making sure that my shoulders were getting stronger, but also staying loose, you know, and not getting too tight in my neck and my back and everything else, you know, so I do a lot of Indian clubs, um, you know, a lot of Indian clubs and, uh, and just different work for my shoulders and things like that. You know, a lot, I do a lot of kettlebells. Some of the things are always the same, you know, um, I have a lot of work on the roll machine and the airdyne bike, um, you know, but he designed it. I just do what he tells me to do. I'm not, you know, uh, I can't say exactly, <laughs> you know, here's what you need to do. You know what I mean? I, yeah. he, he, he makes it specific for everybody and he, I just follow his program. I do what he says. That's it on everything. I, I train the way he trained and I eat what he tells me to eat. No. And I mean, you know, it, it seems to have, uh, paid off very nicely. You know, I mean, this weird world of cardio, it's just strange to me. So when you speak of it, I, I, I understand it. I've heard of it, but hmm, it's like a it's like a unicorn. I've never really seen one. Uh, you know, Raphael, I, I would be reminisced if I didn't ask about uh, Jared Dopp and his performance at ADCC. I mean, I know you touched on it a little bit, and, and I think not enough credit can be given to him. But can we at least come to this point now? where we can say if they don't invite him again after this, like what, like it's just the funniest thing in the world. The meme that we put up that got some attention was after he ended up uh, taking second, we ended up putting a meme and it wasn't even a lot of work. It was literally just putting, Oh, and they almost didn't invite this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even a joke. It's just truth. I tried to tell everybody, I tried to tell him, you know, before the competition, you know, it was like, look, as a purple belt, he was in the top four. Now, this time, he's a, a threat to win it. He's going to win. You know what I mean? He can win it. And I believed in him 100%. You know, he trained, you know, I mean, I, I can't say every day because Dop's in school and he has an internship with Boeing and blah, 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 blah. I mean, Dop is, is literally a genius. I'm not saying that to be nice. Um, the guy is a very special human. He, if he, if this was, you know, hundreds of years ago, I mean, he would be a Viking conqueror. You know what I mean? He literally would be. He's a physical specimen and he's a genius, you know? 
Um, and, uh, you know, was, I, I've known he was something special ever since the first time he came to my school when he was, uh, you know, a blue belt like four years ago. And, uh, and you know, he was his ability to learn and understand the technical aspects of jujitsu for a guy, his size and his physical capabilities is incredible. You know, everyone that I've ever seen that has his sort of strength and explosiveness and size, um, they always rely on that. And, and, and they put that first and, and then sprinkle a little technique in there, you know, afterwards, you know what I mean? Yeah. Dot puts the tech first. He learns, he studies, he has questions he always is trying to be better as well. He's very, very humble, as you guys know, extremely humble. You know, I mean, he he was beating some of the world's best. You know, when he was still like a blue purple belt. You know, and uh, and you know that is something where I've seen many people get too cocky and mm-hmm. and you know start to let the attitude and the ego get in their way. And then they never reach their full potential. And uh, and Dop has always been humble. He's he's gone into tournaments and you know double golded and things like that. And the first thing he comes up to the mat and says to me after his match, like literally walks right over to me, and he'll say, oh, "Man, I messed up on on that position. I shouldn't have. I messed up here. I messed up there. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done you know." And he's like critiquing himself and thinking about how he can be better right away. You know, I mean, literally right after his match when he won and like no one even does anything to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, you know, he, he, he's, you know, he's an amazing athlete, uh, a really great person. Um, you know, he's now I was so proud, you know, like the I fought my MMA fight on Friday. And then that Monday, you know, uh, we did a real special thing in my academy. I taught a special class. Um, you know, uh, the mat was packed. I think there was like 60, 70 people there. And, uh, and, you know, it was kind of like a disguise. It's like, I want everyone here. We're going to celebrate my fight. I'm going to teach a special class. Da, 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 da. And then I promoted um, three of my longtime students, guys that I'm extremely close with, guys that I've been around for a long time. I mean, Adop was a sort of an exception to that, you know, because he, he moved the ranks up the ranks very quickly. Why? Um, but, 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 uh, but Doc, um, uh, another one of my students, Shiloh Roberts, and another one, Jesse Sunderman, um, I promoted three new black belts all in the same night. You know, that was just like six weeks ago. And, uh, and you know, it was a really amazing night, and I was very proud of each and every one of them. And now Doc has whole new, you know, he has a whole new uh, – set of responsibilities on his plate. Uh, now he gets to fight the world's best at every tournament, not just ADCC. And, uh, and you know, he's, he's really pumped up. He's, he's actually staying busy. He's, uh, he's got a super fight um, December 12th. And I think there's a good chance he's going to be going down to the San Antonio Open as well. He wants to start getting his points to qualify for the Ooh. Worlds next year. So, you know, he's, he's, he's focused. He's, he's staying busy. You know, he, he trains his two days a week. And, okay, uh, no, 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 and stop, then, and, stop, and, and, no. And then, I'm not. His third, I, his third training session is the competition on the weekend. Jesus <laughs> Christ. This is the thing that I Why? I needed I to just... stop you about because <laughs> we had him on the show recently, and I've known this to be true, but I had to ask him in person. 
the not training a million times a week, the the very training twice, three times a week and being world championship level. Do you understand? Maybe you do. Maybe you have some sympathy. Uh, not fair. It is what it is, guys. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, and I might have even had this conversation with you on your podcast before at some point. You know, I've talked about before. What are you doing when you train? Are you in class just going through the motions? You know, letting the instructor, everything he says, kind of go in your ear and out the other? Do you ask questions every night that you're on the mat? Do you deeply analyze every training that you do and come back with questions and things to work on for the next training session? You know, are you constantly focused on your goals and where you need to improve and all these things? I mean, a lot of people don't do that. I mean, the majority, 98%, 99%, you know, I mean, there is a, a very small percentage of people that really, really, get a lot better every time they train because they're just not plugged in. They're not really thinking about what they need to be working on and what's happening as they're training. They're just going through the motions. They're letting, you know, everyone else kind of do the talking and the work for them. And they're not really, you know, uh, doing it themselves. They're not analyzing what's happening and coming in with a real plan and, you know, doing the drilling and doing, you know, uh, you know, rounds with everybody. You know, and uh, I mean, Dop, he he did have a full year uh, where he was working at the academy and he was training every day. Okay, so there was a year when he was a purple belt where he he trained like you would think he trained, um, but that was almost two years ago. You know, and uh, and but what he does is when he comes to train, he's one hundred percent there. And he is really thinking about every area that he's working on to get better at. He knows exactly what he needs to drill. He trains with everybody from the small guys to the big guys, everyone that could push him. He doesn't not train because he gets a little tired. You know, he, he pushes himself to that level and that's what it's about. You know, obviously he's gifted physically. Um, but how many people out there in the world are and you never see them become anything beyond a good blue belt or a good purple belt or something like that. You know what I mean? It, it's so much more than that. Um, so, you know, I don't like to sit back and, and say, Oh, he's a freak and this and that, you know what I mean? Because that's just making excuses, you know, uh, as to why he's able to do that. It's his work. He works and he has the right attitude, you know? And, uh, and, you know, that's what I try to tell everybody, you know what I mean? Like, you know, th this is how it is, you know, and, uh, and anyone can, can reach that level if you put the right work in, you know, um, but he's still in the gym every day, you know, he lives in Norman. And, uh, and so it's a drive, you know, that's the other thing, like he, when he comes to train, he's driving like 45 minutes, you know, he's dealing with traffic and everything else. Um, you know, sometimes he has to carpool, things like that. And, uh, but he's totally connected when he trains and he's in the gym in Norman every day. Um, you know, he's studying video. He, I mean, he's, he's plugged in, he's completely plugged in. So his one, his one training session is the equivalent to, you know, a week or two weeks for everybody else. 
Ugh, damn your resounding amount of insurmountable evidence. Listen, I just want to complain to him because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. However, uh, we love the guy. We think the world of him. I actually had the chance to run into him at Nogi Worlds, and at which point he was telling me he's starting to do a little bit more seminar work. And much like you're mentioning here, he was just kind of like, I don't know, maybe seminars, I guess. And I was like, what's there a maybe about? You don't think people want to learn what you do? Like, you put on a seminar, people want to learn. I want to learn exactly what you're teaching out there. And he's just like, oh, okay. And lo and behold, today I see he's putting out one of his first seminars. Uh, so yeah. those lucky people out there will get to learn. So now I'm increasingly jealous of that. But uh, he's he's good people. And I, I think that's, as you mentioned, one of the nicest things to see is every time you see him compete, you see the work. Yes, exactly. And, man – we train hard, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, like this is what we do. You know what I mean? And, and he and I, any day he's came to train, we battle. I, yeah. I, I do not let him leave without going two, three hard rounds with me. We're going, yeah. you know, because, you know, that's what it has to be done. And, uh, and so he's taken his beatings and he's, you know, like a man and he's learned and he stayed humble and he's, he's hitting that level, you know, like that's the other thing. Like how many guys with that sort of physical ability can, can take it, you know, can, can yeah. also take it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and say, you know, I got to learn, I got to get better. I got to work on my technique. And it's not just, you know, being the alpha male, you know, which, you know, I mean, the guy could, who, who knows how many different sports he was, he was lifting, you know, world, like, I don't know, state record, not world, but like state record numbers he was lifting when he was like 15 years old. The guy was, who knows, you, you know, he's deadlifting like 500 pounds and he was like in high school, you know, it's just stupid. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous how much weight he can lift. It's ridiculous. You well, know? it's a nice circle back for us too, because I know that when you came on the first time with us, you were talking about this, uh, this purple belt. And I was familiar enough to know exactly who you were talking about, but, you know, mentioning what a, what a force he was. So just within the, the three years, really, that we've been doing this show, uh, just to know that that progression for him to, to make it from your secret weapon to this weapon that you, you can't even keep a secret if you tried now. We know. Everybody knows. Yeah, uh, sure. and, and seeing him go out and uh, kill it himself is, is quite the journey. Um, so that's that's truly impressive when you say Kev. Yeah, I just, the and you can see his athleticism as he competes against some of the the bigger guys. But that's just not what he's known for. He's known for tactical passing. Can't imagine where he got that from. Yeah, you know, I like to think he has a pretty good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got a he's got a pretty good passing game. <laughs> and. We have to. Why are you going to Italy? Oh man! Um, so I have a seminar tomorrow. Uh, today is Friday. You know, I'm sure you're going to put this out uh, another day, but I have a seminar tomorrow in Dallas. See my my Texas affiliate. Um, get some really good guys down there coming up. You you want to talk about up and comers and people that you're going to be hearing about in the future. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say too much, but I'm going to tell you I have a small purple belt that you guys will definitely be knowing a lot about. <laughs> Ooh, 
He's you, already you teasing te- us. I was just going to say, uh, mark the calendar date. Yep. Cause it, <laughs> you guys know the last time I said that, I was, I was pretty right, right? Was, no. Uh, no lie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, giving, pretty- I'm giving you a, another another heads up that uh, I have a... <laughs> I have a, a young young kid. He's only 19. Um, he's a, a pluma, purple belt. Uh, he's still putting things together, but uh, he he recently won um, the 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 national pearl in Houston with me as well. He won the lightweight purple absolute, uh, which was under 170, and he is only 135 pounds. And uh, and so he'll he'll be going to Abu Dhabi with me as well but uh, i have a team down there that's doing really great work and uh and he's down there and they come up a lot and train um you know here in Oklahoma city obviously um but uh i'm doing a seminar there tomorrow uh which i thought i was going to be already there or talking to you guys while i was on my way there but as you know my life is a little crazy and i got two behind to make it there tonight so i'm going in the morning and then Sunday, I'm flying from there to Italy. And uh, for me, you know, it, going to Italy um, is purely for a getaway vacation, um, nice. going there with my wife and my parents. So I'm taking my mom and my dad. Um, it's kind of like a Christmas present thing. And uh, Italy is is arguably my favorite country um i mean you know don't get me wrong i love i love where i live i'm talking no, about no, no. where i'm in as far as i'm <laughs> jealous color me color me it's, interested in the food and wine yeah Italy, Italy is beautiful the culture the food everything about it amazing i love it i i try to to visit there every chance i can and uh you know going back to my injury and everything that i learned it was like I need to take more time um, to, you know, do a trip every now and then that doesn't involve a tournament or seminar or training and things like that. And, uh, and you know, a lot of times I'm constantly working, constantly training and doing this and that, and I don't get to spend enough time with my parents, my father. And, uh, and so I surprised them after my fight. I said, hey, what do you guys think? Let's go to Italy. And they got super happy and excited. And so, you know, um, that's what we're doing. And so we're going next week over Thanksgiving. Um, this my, my academy will be closed. So it's a little easier for me to travel. And, uh, you know, I'm going there for vacation and I'm going to take him to a couple of, uh, of my favorite places that I've already visited. Um, and, uh, and then they're going to have a few days where it's just my parents and all the few days where it's just my wife and I. And so we have like a family vacation and then we also have our own little private time as well. Okay. Okay. I hear the words vacation. First of all, what is that? Second of all, I have to ask an important question here. And I think this is going to be indicative of vacation. Is there Am going to be, <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Is our geese fact. That's uh-huh. the, that's the question. His dad's going and. As we know, uh huh, black belt, train yourself. He isn't. Oh, we. Uh, you know, I do have one <laughs> okay. in Milan, where I'm flying into. Um, okay. I have a buddy there, and uh, and I do have one seminar with him. Um, but um, but the rest of the trip, I do not have any other seminar scheduled. I'm taking my gi because I have some friends out there, 
um, just in case we decide we want to go hit the mat, roll, train, or someone wants to do a private lesson or something, I could be available. Um, I will be, I'll be in Florence. I'll be in Siena. And then I'm, I'm going to Sicily as well, but I'm definitely not training Sicily because that's, I need, you know, a little bit of no training. Uh, but Hey, on this vacation, if I don't train for a few days, it's going to be okay. (laughs) I'm not going to feel guilty. Nice. Well, good for you too. Italy. Oh, that sounds amazing. That just sounds really good right now. To get away from the US my name, my, my last name is Italian, and man, when they say it, and it doesn't sound any better. <laughs> no lie. Well, Raphael, we appreciate your time as always. Um, we wanted to have you on as a special three-year. We love talking to you, and it's always interesting, and you're always evolving. And anyone that wants to find you, Lovato BJJ, you can find him in Oklahoma City if you want to go train Hibero Association for those roots. But you do a ton of great online work, so I encourage people to go and check out Lovato's website. He does uh, the the best videos, just really strategically driven and, and nicely orchestrated. And you can see Jared Dobbs' beautiful face, some Raider that have been some of your training partners over the past in those, which are always great. Uh, so majorly appreciated, and we cannot thank you enough for swinging by the podcast this evening. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Um, thanks for inviting me. It's good to talk to you. Um, you know, I'll just just say, like just like you said, if anyone out there, you know, wants to connect with me or uh, you know, like to follow me, and you know, if you're in business, but that honestly, the best place is just to look at my Facebook page. Um, you know, my fan page. Uh, you can uh, find that you know at lovatojuniorfans.com or just search it on Facebook. Give it a like. See what I'm putting out there. Um, you know, I'm always releasing material. And, you know, if anyone wants to have me for some or whatever, you can just send me a message there. That's the easiest way to go. And, uh, you know, I'm actually going to be doing some really big uh, sales uh, on some of my, my products um, coming up here for Black Friday and, you know, the holidays and everything. We're going we're gonna, to uh, get some re-rolls out there again um over the holidays and and so i got a lot of things in the works right now um and so you know if you go to my facebook page that would be the best way for you to see these deals and see these things coming and be able to take advantage um and uh yeah i guess that's about it guys um thanks for having me on no problem if i can make one suggestion you should really take the hashtag black belt friday because you can do that and no one else (laughs) should really have that uh, that hashtag, so it makes it a little more unique. So, just a suggestion. That's good. That's right. That's a good idea. Verbal, Verbal Tap fans, Rafael Lovato Jr. Hey guys, it's New York Rick, um, one of the fan favorites, one of your favorites. I'm happy to uh, have been asked to do this. I was asked to do this last year as well, and uh, I left you guys a message that you didn't use. I imagine because you didn't want the public to hear um, the terrible things I said about you, and you wanted to keep that for the personal stash. Um, so I'm leaving you a message again this year. 
I'm so proud of you guys for doing three years uh, of podcasts, you know, on and off. It's not like you guys bring us a podcast every week like I do on the MMA hour. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Wait, we do. Wait, wait. Hold on, Kev. It was a great idea that you made sure that we could hear these as they were being dropped in live. I'm telling you, this is uh, good stuff. So as I was saying, I mean, you know, three years, it's a really great milestone uh, for some people, you know, when, when it's about half as long as, We've been doing it on the MMA hour. It's, you know, hey, Raph, can we come for, up with a cool excuse for why we left out Eric Jackman's? Because my incompetence doesn't seem quite painful enough for a New Yorker. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like a double win for me because we can both blame your incompetence and the fact that whatever he left wasn't that great. But we should also talk about the fact was he on those episodes that were early? Does he get to count the episodes he wasn't on? And so when you guys bring us, you know, the most mediocre content out there. Um, in the worlds of jujitsu and MMA, um, and you successfully completed three years of completely average um, podcasting, it truly is, you know, a shining achievement. And I couldn't be prouder to have been on on at least a few Can of those mediocre episodes. A T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Put that last bit he on. doesn't know that because he's too busy just leaving a message and not hearing us. So. Obviously, with a tremendous timing, by the way. Absolutely. It's nice when they take pauses that mm-hmm. perfectly line up. You know what it is? It's because he's reading from his script. Oh, this okay. is uh, definitely yeah. his moment in the rap battle when he's about to choke, um, obviously, if you were watching the movie <laughs> 8 Mile, which I believe we've referenced before with Eric. Sorry, guys. I just woke up um, during this message. I've kept falling asleep because you guys are so boring. Um, and I've, I've been remembering that as I've been leaving this, I'm going to try and stay awake, uh, just for the rest of this message, which is congratulations on three years. Um, it's been okay. It's been all right. And, uh, you guys do, uh, you guys do good stuff. All right, Eric. I might Jig get, is it's up. Been You're okay. on it's we been all, all right tattooed yeah. on me. It's not bad. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's the exact same words my dad said to me when I turned 18, but Hey, <laughs> Eric, uh, obviously you're on the line and we can yell at you now. So how have you been? Um, I've been good. It's been a minute since I uh, spoke to you guys, but you know, I've been all right. Been, uh, trudging along and I see you guys have continued to, uh, to put out episodes. So I'm happy about that. Well, thank um, you. Thank you. What's going my on? Favorite luminaries in the, you know, uh, BJJ and MMA community. <laughs> now you were talking about this earlier today that somebody was going nuts. I think on your Twitter, you said somebody on the MMA hour was going nuts. What was the, the thing about that? I don't get to listen to you all that often because I'm working like a real kid job. But anyway, what were you guys talking about that was going off? I don't even know. Did I say Why that? would you tweet out that of which you do not oh, know? Oh, oh, yes. Uh, Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice was going bananas uh, on the uh, on the show today. Um, dropping, uh, I believe, the show's first N-word and then doing it maybe 25 to 30 more times. No. Um, so, so it was quite an adventure today. So let me uh, ask you this. Uh, how nervous do you get after the first N-word bomb? Follow-up question. You know what? How nervous do you get okay. after the 25th? <laughs> so after the first, I said, ooh, uh, maybe we're going to have to bleep that. Uh, and then as, you know, two, three, four, and then down the line came out, I stopped getting nervous. And I was, it actually gave me a moment to reflect. I was actually kind of proud. Um, and I was thinking about this as he was, you know, speaking um, that, 
you don't often hear the N-word in combat sports, in, in kind of the the BJJ and the MMA communities very often, as far as, you know, my interactions with it. Um, and I just thought, you know, I'm kind of proud of that, um, that we are in a, in a uh, you know, community that, that's kind of frowned upon to, uh, to use that kind of uh, terminology, especially when I think it, it's kind of a common thing for other sports. Um, you don't often hear it. And, it. and it took me hearing it to be like, whoa, you don't really hear that a lot. Um, so I thank Kimbo Slice. Not only was that one of the realest interviews we've ever had, um, but it gave me a moment to reflect on how happy and proud I am to be a part of a community that's uh, racially sensitive. Hmm. Uh, let me uh, see if I can hear that right. Uh, the MMA Hour, proud to break ground with the use of the N-word. And happy, parentheses. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because you left such a glowing message about you guys. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to make sure our audience is you know, all caught up there. I think you, uh, you encapsulated it nicely. Oh, and the thing is, I have to imagine in my head, how much is Ariel freaking out? Because it seems like that has to, like, just throw him off a little bit. Um, I'm sure it I'm sure it threw him off the first time, especially the way he delivered it with such uh, enthusiasm. I can tell you for a fact, I, I, you know, I don't often buy MMA beef. I don't often uh, believe the hype when it comes to selling a fight. But I truly believe that Kimbo Slice wants to bury that of 5,000. Um, and I mean bury, like, hit him uh, mercilessly, uh, make him incapacitated, get a shovel, shovel up some dirt, and put him in the ground. That that kind of burying. Now, um, does that so factor my... in when you're sitting so close? Because that, that, to me, and I'm going to compliment your journalistic integrity here, Eric, and that'll sure. be probably the only time ever. But we'll see. We've got a lot of, we've got a lot of time left. How terrified are you two feet from Kimbo Slice? Because that's the part it's hard for me to fathom. Because it just feels like I could be part of his uh, highlight reel at any time. Yeah, I mean, you don't really get that sense of danger. In fact, you kind of sound like a little bitch right now. You sound like, uh, you know, those like, shows that, like, every time they have Ron Durfee or Holly Holm on, they're like, pull me a move, don't kill me. Um to the point you think that BJJ, MMA, and these things are this uncontrolled science where Ronda Rousey can't control herself. If she slips up, she's going to just murder you. Um, so, fact, it's very, very technical and, and nuanced um, sport and geek, uh, um, and likely you no know, bodily is actually going to come of anybody. Um, so the answer is, you know, when you're when you're dealing with these athletes, you're not really that nervous um, unless you've said something to, to greatly disturb them. And now my, you know, our uh, counterpart, Ariel Hawani has, let's just say possibly done that at times where um, you would think that people would be upset with him and he has the balls to stand, you know, five feet from them or, or most of the time closer and stick the microphone in their face. So uh, I give him a lot of credit there. Two, true, I, two comments. Hold on. Cause my words just got a little hmm. parsed. Are yep. you standing by the <laughs> comment that Ronda Rousey, and Kimbo Slice are at the same pedigree of professional athletics? <laughs> or are you standing by the fact that Kimbo Slice is not to be feared and kind of a bitch to Eric Jackman? I mean, could you maybe pick one just so we can hone in? Because I didn't say athletes. Kimbo um, Slice. If the, money's right, if the money's right, Bellator could uh, come get me to fight Kimbo Slice. Ooh. If the money's right. You if heard it. Right. Hey, it broke your ref. I'm just 
<laughs> well, that'd be a great thing to promote because Bellator, you know, they're up for anything. They are <laughs> obviously in that mindset. They're like, I'm pretty sure they took the Bud Light slogan and they were like, guys, this is how we live our lives now. We're gonna yeah, you know it. what? Maybe they're going to get that guy, Tommy, who was like the champion. Remember um, the Bud Light up for anything like champion and UFC was, was promoting him as like uh, – you know, one of their title holders, maybe they mm-hmm. could, uh, Bellator could grab that guy, snatch him off free agency and put him in there against, you know, Shamrock. It's true. Now. If, you know, I mean, if you're holding a UFC title in your past your prime, Bellator, definitely interested <laughs> in talking to you. I just feel, though, that Eric, and I guess this was my question is, um, you know, maybe just a slight uh, variance of my poker playing abilities, but, you know, when Kevin's complimenting Ariel and and saying that, you know, he sees that journalistic integrity and you're saying something to the fact that, you know, he can stand there and look the guy in the face. Do you ever notice he blinks more though when he gets really nervous? Cause that's my poker tell with him. I think I actually haven't noticed that. Um, but I'm going to be on the lookout for it now. Well, you um, should because I, he's got those Bambi eyes and I think that's the first place to look at. And if you see him when he does the like blinking, I think he's like Morse code blinking to audience members. You can ask him that, but that's a theory I've put out into the ether. You know what? I noticed that that there may have been something you could easily notice maybe in his first interviews. Um, but, uh, these days, Casey, his, his videographer, the great EKC over at MMA fighting, he gets really tight on the, uh, on the fighters and you barely even see Ariel these days. He's mostly, you know, asking the question and shoving the mic in there. Um, but uh, I'm, maybe I'm going to go back to the archives and uh, and check it out. Some of the some of the old classics, like uh, Marcus Brimage talking about how he likes to take down fat girls. <laughs> yes, when he's doing his year in retrospective show like we do, make sure to go through all of the archives and start with <laughs> the Undertaker because I feel that that oh, was his journalistic work at its finest. I actually saw the uh, the WWE pay per view um, this what was it yesterday uh and uh, everybody on twitter was kind of panning it but as somebody who doesn't really tune in from week to week um i actually thought it was interesting but the only thing i realized is that jesus christ the undertaker has been doing this for a long time uh that guy is uh is something else in terms of giving his body up for for professional wrestling sure i mean he's uh, a super accomplished guy i at 25 years of doing anything is gonna take its toll on you but what were you doing watching it uh, I have a, so one of my favorite podcasts aside from verbal Tapcast, is, uh, is cheap heat. It's, it's the uh, wrestling podcast that was formerly on Grantland. Now it's on ESPN and it's hosted by Peter Rosenberg and the mass man and stack guy, Greg, AKA Greg, the Virgin Valentine. And, um, I listen to it every week. It's a, it's a, it's appointment listening as is verbal Tapcast. I'm going to keep plugging you guys um, you. as I'm on the show, as if the people who are already listening to this need to have a reminder to listen to this. No, but it's, uh, you, like you it's, you, it's one of my favorite. It's you cutting a promo. Yeah. And that's exactly what you got to do is if you're saying like the hometown each time you're like, what's that San Francisco? <laughs> that's Nobody right. That's like right. And here, I'm verbal Tapcast. I'm doing my uh, stone cold Steve. How was that? It was uh, that was on. good. good. This one's a little bit better. I think if you're going to do Stone Cold, you got to dig down deep, son. It's not an easy impression <laughs> to just pop out of your goddamn mouth. I'll tell you that much right now. So if you're uh, uh, professional level, Jackman level, I mean, anyway, go on. Yeah, I didn't know you started smoking. Uh, but what I was devil. saying was I consumed, 
I consume the podcast. I consume wrestling media. So I asked my buddy Greg the Virgin and, and my buddy Robert Pearson, who was also a big wrestling fan, and they said, this is the one you got to tune in for. Um, so I watched it, but it turned out on Twitter people uh, didn't seem to like it too much. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was a good time. It was fine. I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. They're bringing it in for people like you who come in for the big four, which is like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. And, you know, they make it a little bit more pronounced and punchy. Uh, there was a big surprise at the end where a champion ended up uh, losing their championship very quickly. Uh, do you want to very talk quickly? About this for a second? Yeah, yeah, can go we, for it. Can we um, talk about implementing the money in the bank in in w i'm sorry in ufc and mma my last um, that would be the most incredible thing ever and i kind of want it um as ridiculous as it would be where just you know john jones just finishes a five-round war with daniel cormier and then a smirking alexander gustafson just runs down the entranceway <laughs> and uh punches john in the face once and wins the title um to knock him out i mean it would just be uh it'd be mayhem but it'd be incredible I'll let you know I live my life like a money in the bank holder because anytime <laughs> I see somebody doing really well in jiu-jitsu, almost too well, I'll wait for them to finish their war and I'll have like a briefcase on me and I'll be like, all right, I get next in. And they'll be like, really? <laughs> and they'll be like, yeah, no, you're good. You're what? You only had a 20-minute war? Nah, it's, you're fine. Uh, and is that how you've successfully navigated to Blue Belt? Is that, is that your, was that your path? Oh, yeah. I mean, I lie, cheat, and steal all the way through. And it, it's been a very consistent thing that's, that's served me well. I think most people, if they do roll with me and I'm very honorable, uh, they get really disappointed. <laughs> You'd be surprised the technique help you can get with a fiver. We've been talking about a lot of rules because uh, we also are big into the tag team jujitsu match. Equally as entertaining, the tag team MMA match. Wait, is the tag team jujitsu match something you guys conceived, or is that an actual thing? That's it's us. us. We want it bad. Okay. We, okay. I mean, have we asked maybe thirty-five top-level jujitsu fighters to consider it at their next tournament? Yes. And more importantly, did Flow Grappling brand two fighters to fight the Meow Brothers this weekend? Not individual because it was. Two individual matches, but because they couldn't tell which Meow Brother was which, they literally just grouped them as one, like a package deal. Which we like, have argued is the only way to process them for absolutely. a long time. And then I'm they set their opponents that. as them versus the Meow Brothers for two different matches. And I was like, wait, are we getting close to tag team jiu-jitsu like I've always wanted? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with it. And I think um, my boys out here in New York... Uh, Gary uh, Tonin and, and Eddie Cummings will be a formidable duo in tag team jiu-jitsu, in doubles jiu-jitsu. No uh, lie, Gary was trying to give me shit all day yesterday, and I think he left us a voice message here. So, yeah. No, yeah he's, he didn't say his name. Yeah, he's fully in. Although, <laughs> I will say, because I told him, I How was like, How does voicemail Gary, work, Gary? It's not a cell phone. We <laughs> can't see who I will say this, though, Kev. Uh, this is all 100% uh, accurate. I texted Gary. And the, he has footage of me and him rolling somewhere. And I asked him, I was like, you know, you said it on the podcast. When do I ever get to see it? And in true Gary Tonin fashion, he's like, oh, I think I lost it. And I was like, how do you lose? You told me you had it. Why would you? OK, whatever. And I was like, all right, fine. He goes, we'll just have to make another one now. And I was like, OK, but next time I get a tag team partner, Gary Tonin, no lie, says, well, Raph, normally when 
I do something tag team, it involves two girls. But for you, I'll make an exception. To which I responded, Gary, you've no, that's never happened once ever in your life. Stop he's, lying. He's very wow, that was uh, that was startlingly good, uh, Gary, right there. I'm impressed. It's not bad. the hard, The easy part is uh, making him sound ridiculous. The hard part is not wanting to use my real voice at any given time because you have to go to a place <laughs> to become Gary, and I don't know that it's that place, place you want is to called New Jersey, I believe. Yep. Oh, check it out. <laughs> nobody wants to go there. <laughs> just, Raf, it's too sunny in L.A. for Raf to really nail the impression. That's why SNL's in New York. That's yeah. fact. That's yeah, you story. need some more grime. You need some more trash, um, and you'll get it. Yeah, that's okay. I'm gonna go ahead and do that, but now I'm gonna use my ADHD and. I'm going to forget what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, Eric, what are you up to MMA hour-wise? Besides, um, I mean, last time we ch- you guys, I still, I get the podcast. You guys do three hours and 45 minutes of podcast every Monday, which is a lot. But I catch yep. in every now and again. Uh, <laughs> what's been fun? Any cool behind-the-scenes stories? Um, Obviously not fighting them, as he indignantly said earlier. Go on. No, no fighting them. We had uh, we had episode three hundred recently. That was a really huge show. Yeah, yeah, um, four we, or five back. Yeah. yeah, big congrats. I saw it was like three hundred. Damn. Yeah, we did a uh, we did a montage with Ariel, including some fighters and his family and all that stuff, similar to what you guys did with the voice message thing, but with like actual production values. Sure, um, heard about that. And, uh, you know, it, it came out really nicely. Um, I could you know show you guys that if you ever want to take any tips and you know. Oh maybe, yeah, please definitely. And how many people help you put that together? Uh, only the fighter only the fighter oh no 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 I mean like how many people behind the scenes are doing the jobs that you're too incompetent to do I'll I'll tell you that God's honest truth I I cut all the video for it now granted it wasn't a very hard job all you had to do was kind of put them back to back and maybe throw in a few wipes and all these things Um, but it was a one man operation with the help of Andrew uh, Mayer the world's biggest uh, Daniel Cormier fan and advocate um, who helped me acquire the video. I mean, we even had Dwight Howard in the video, which is, you know, just, just a win and, and, uh, something you guys could never even, you know, whiff you'd have to aspire to. Um, but you know, perhaps maybe in three years time, you guys will be in a, in a greater place. I doubt it, but it's possible. And, uh, you know, I can cut something together like that for you guys. In Um, three years, we don't have a terrible shot at getting Dwight Howard. I would like to point out, I don't think you know exactly where I work and the fact of how many basketball folks just happen to pop in every once in a while. Also, um, I like that. live in Los Angeles, so they come to me. Anyway, um, I guess while I'm still belaboring this point, um, I really just wanted to make sure that you pointed out you had one person helping you, right? I did. Um, uh-huh, but that would was- be one more than me. How dare you? <laughs> That was right. That was, <laughs> everything's everything's a veiled insult on this side. You see what I'm dealing with? I mean, it's it's unbelievable. You, what do you even do with this guy? I mean, I you know, at, at any point, if you guys need me to fill in as host for one or the other, you guys just text me separately, um, <laughs> and I'll I'll hop on gladly. And we can just eliminate the other person. Whoever whoever gets the murderous um, tendencies first, you know, just let me know. I think we both know who that is. You might be joking, but I'm pretty lazy. Like, I'll get a cold and you'll get a text. It's just like, just not feeling it. <laughs> if you don't have, you, you know. And hey, if, if you don't mind calling uh, Joanna Gingerzak, that'd be great too. Just So we'll we'll connect numbers after this. <laughs> Raph goes the opposite. I take all the help I can get, um, you know, because things like forgetting your voicemail happened. 
And for the record, I am prepared to apologize for that. That's okay. Um, you know, it, it's better. Let the anticipation build. I'm sure the people who are, you know, familiar with me from the podcast are, you know, they were dying and they, and they couldn't wait to hear from me. And then when they were, they didn't get it, they were disappointed. And now, um, you know, almost a year later, they're thinking, finally, uh, the King has arrived. Um, <laughs> and, and we finally get to hear from the most important man in combat sports. And that would be myself. And you can hear three hours and 45 minutes every Monday, 1 PM, the MMA minute hosted by <laughs> at New York, Rick, um, Ariel does the MMA seven and a half minutes and some of the producers do the whole hour. I forget how it works, but tune in. Yeah, that, that was it. That was pretty close. <laughs> yeah, that, I was surprised pretty, you let me get that far after the first, um, <laughs> I've screwed up titles worse, but it's a pretty good one to remember. It's good stuff. You guys have everybody, everybody, uh, fighting from the UFC or on the MMA hour. You can, uh, you can catch Mr. Jackman. All over Twitter at New York Rick and guys, maybe show him some positivity in the WWE world. Sounds like he was a little rattled. So let's get some good. Tips. I would love that. I would love to get some uh, some wrestling fans on there. Um, before I go, I wanted to talk about the fact that uh, I got shut down on the Instagram commenting on Instagram. I, I you know I'm flipping through the the feed and I see you know Marvel Podcast posted this this clip. Um, you know, celebrating, you know, how many years you guys have been doing it. And it's a great accomplishment. And there's this clip from glory 10 with Joe Schilling, who I know is, you know, one of your guys' favorites and a regular and, you know, I see the clip and right away. I'm thinking, Oh, I remember this. I first met Raph there and it was such a great event. Oh no, actually no, I met Raph in Metamorphs, but I met Raph, um, in California for, for this, uh, this glory event was such a momentous event. Joe Schilling knocked out Artem Levin, or no, rather one uh, extra round decision over Artem Levin and became right. tournament champion. And it was such an important moment. And uh, I was like, you know what? I was right there. And I couldn't wait to comment on the Instagram post. And I say, Hey, I was somewhere on that, you know, uh, backstage area. And I was right near this. And then I get completely shut down with the comment, something to the effect of this isn't about you go fuck off. Um, no, no, so, no, 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 no. There was no go fuck off. It was, <laughs> this isn't about you. Don't make it about you. It's just way funnier. <laughs> well, truth be told, it's always about me. And without, <laughs> you know, my, without my help, that interview never would have happened. That's and true. That part that, of that's true. actually that's 100% true. However, you didn't need to make the post about yourself. Like, that's the part that was the most ridiculous. It wasn't like, hey, Raph. Man, wasn't it cool when I helped hook you up with this interview? I'd be like, yeah, you did. You really did. Factually, you 100% made that happen. Uh, instead, it was, I was just, I remember standing over to the side, uh, being over there. You know what? Uh, you know why? I, it's, I think it's because, you know, many years later, and that was what, like, Jesus, like two or three years ago already. Um, years later, I'm looking back on it and I was like, you know what? Maybe you could have interviewed me. Um, I'm a celebrity. I'm awesome. Uh, maybe you could have, you know, moved the camera and interviewed me and uh, I would have given you some gold ju just as well as Joe Schilling. You know what? Maybe not as good as Joe. Joe's uh, a freak of nature when it's to that. Um, What's that? You, know, you want me to tweet that not. out to Joe Schilling that you would have given a better interview than him? No, it would uh, it would not happen. And, 
and I also think Joe, Joe Schilling might be one of the pound for pound best uh, Snapchatters. Um, the, I'll never forget the time where he went to uh, to Las Vegas and bet um, on black on the roulette wheel, maybe what seemed like 10 or 15 times in a row. And not only that, he's such a badass that you're not allowed to use camera phones or cameras oh, yeah. in the casino and on the casino floor. And uh, it took till like, you know, the 20th time before they actually tried to take it away from him likely because they probably didn't want to get their heads knocked off. Um, but Joe Schilling, amazing interview and pound for pound best matter uh, out there. Absolutely. And I have to say, you know, Eric, I mean, we kid you a lot, but you're a good part of this, uh, this nice little club that we have here. And I believe with this appearance, you join the five timers club. So welcome. There's nothing that we actually give to you. So don't, you know, get too happy about it, but mostly we give you our adulation and um, a fair amount of shit, which really is how we know as an audience and as listeners that you are endeared to us. Well, I appreciate that. And I feel it feels like, you know, Alec Baldwin or Steve Martin or one of those comedy legends on SNL. Um, they don't really get anything. There's no, uh, you know, physical club for them to hang out. But I, I do feel like uh, I've joined an exclusive club and um I'm happy to do it, and you guys are very lucky to have me. Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern. The at most New York important Rick. man in MMA. Eric Jackman on the MMA. <laughs> the, you know, the Verbal Tap fans. All, it's three years, Raph. That's all the that's all the justification. I was like, there's a lot I could say. Friend of the podcast, dotingly yep. handsome Southerner, rides a motorcycle uh, from Tough Seventeen, the best Tough ever. And frankly, yep. can't wait till they release that with one of the UFC goes or whatever's going to happen. <laughs> Bubba, you know, uh, the I'll, menace. I'll, you can't your your redneckishness immediately. He's got to start talking. Bubba. <laughs> Welcome to the Bubba. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm sorry to interrupt like that. No, that's just please. kind of my thing, I guess. That's what people. That's what we love about you. I was like, I'm not going to sit here and take this shit. I'm talking. <laughs> How are you? You are still fighting, of course, because I on. think you're going to be Bubba, like 88. I, I can't fighting. let Kevin go on this fast without doing this because I feel like only people who want to identify themselves as rednecks can call themselves rednecks. Like. You may do it. It was a compliment. But you do. Oh, no, Kevin. Kansas. Kansas. Kevin, you can't do that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Hey, I'm all right with it. You know, it's one of those things where I get, I think we're, we're close enough uh, in the MMA, uh, <laughs> MMA verbal tap podcast, you know, uh, relationship that we've had over the years to where I can deal with it and just suck it up. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, as a, as a gracious host that I am, maybe not my co-host, uh, obviously, I'll ask Kevin uh, its question because I have more ethos now. Uh, Bubba, obviously, you've been fighting. You've been doing a whole bunch of shit, man. How have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, Well, uh, do we want to go from – when was the last time that we actually talked? I think you were on last year's episode. I was starting to do the, uh, the cataloging, and I was like, shit, it's been a year since we've run into this guy. So, in other words, right after I got hurt is what we're talking about. I think so, man, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so I've actually had five fights since then. Yeah, five. Five fights this year. 
if I got hurt and everything. So, yeah, that was kind of crazy. I went from an uh, injured guy that couldn't get enough money saved up to even pay rent because <laughs> I used everything I had, you know, and uh, while I was hurt. And I had a few local bikers because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a into the biker community, things like that now, and, you know. It's things that I like to do. They do a lot of uh, good for the community that a lot of people wouldn't realize, uh, you know, MCRC, things like that. You're, they're about their community and, and you know, their brothers amongst themselves. And the community is actually a really strong bond and brotherhood no matter what club is there. And it's, it's a really cool thing to be a part of. And they uh, had actually had a sister club. It's, they were called the Sisters <laughs> put on a benefit for me to help me get back to a fight camp and have another fight to get back on my feet. So that was really cool. That's right. Had that done. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, they raised, I think they raised something like $3,500 for me that paid, awesome. you know, uh, paid some, you know, rent bills, things like that. And got me down to Boston's PJJ in Midland. And, uh, I got to start training again. And it was real, real nice. I won a, I won a fight at 205. I went, back, actually, I won two fights at 205, back to back. I went down to 195, won a fight, and then I got absolutely uh, robbed and ripped off in a fight. I thought <laughs> because of the, uh, it's a canvas issue, is the way I'm gonna say it. But you know, I lost a fight at uh, 185. I finally got back to. And then this last Friday, I had the 195 fight. <laughs> and you also, you almost infamously went to jail briefly, as uh, <laughs> voluntarily, I would add. Well, yeah, I guess, how I, voluntarily well, is it? It was voluntarily, but it was one of those things where... <laughs> you showed up on my Google they were gonna News. They were going to take me because I wasn't paying their ticket. <laughs> that was it, yes. You showed up on my Google News alert. You know those things where it's like MMA fighter challenges. I was like, "What the fuck is Bubba doing? Why? why, why? <laughs> don't, no, don't put it. He's great. Why are they doing?" And then and, uh, it was like he's not paying. I was like, "Oh, that sounds like Bubba." Yeah, and absolutely, absolutely. and yeah. no lie. Like when we see those things, there's a number of athletes that we know, but Bubba's family. So I always feel like it's almost like, do we need to text him and be like, "You good? You okay?" And then you yeah. actually read the article and you see like, "Oh, this is." Actually, fairly rational. Yeah, yeah. all right. It yeah. had a lot of logic, more so than the headline would have led you to believe. Right, yeah. Once you actually read about it, it was one of those things where it was more logical for me to go than to, you know, sit there and give them the money I earned over the next few days. It, it was, you know, crazy seatbelt ticket. I'm actually out mowing yards, you know, things like that. Don't get me wrong. I ain't knocking mowing yards because it was actually putting money in my pocket. But it wasn't putting much money in my pocket because I was actually working for a guy, you know, that's a friend of mine. And I'm actually going to work with him again tomorrow just to make some more extra side money, you know. It's uh, something I just haven't let go of. We're going to trim some bushes at some Sonics and, uh, you know, hit the last round of uh, mowing that needs done before the cold takes everything all the way away. So, but, you know, going to do that, we were going from one yard to another, literally like a two-block drive, and a cop pulls us over, tells me he's giving me a seatbelt ticket, and I told him how crazy I thought he was and that I wasn't going to sign his ticket. Well, when I wasn't going to sign his ticket, he was upset, and I told him he needs to pull out his handcuffs because I make less money uh, in a day than where I can sit out 
and uh, and make it inside of the jail cell. And they, he kind of looked at me like, what? I was like, yeah, bro, I'm making about 60 bucks a day average. I was like, I get $100 a day credits. And at that time, it was really weird, too, because I went in, and they were given two for ones. <laughs> so I had I had a hundred and fifty something dollar ticket at by the end of it all, and uh, ended up that I had a you know like a some some it was right under two hundred bucks is what I owed, and I got two for one uh, for being in there at that time because they were given two for one to try to get a bunch of tickets paid off. So I you really just sat twenty four hours. Yeah, got got my ticket paid for you know. Saved the actual money that I was gonna the the day of you know back breaking crap that I was doing. Even though pushing a mower doesn't sound like it's too hard, you stand out there in the hundred freaking whatever five degree heat and everything, you're sweating your dogs off. It sucks, and I wasn't gonna pay them to do that. I love it. This was also right around the time, to your credit, as you're making a huge statement, when John Oliver released the chicken shit tickets video, and uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, great timing. It's a fantastic way to jump in. And Bubba, you're, you've the spirit to continue to fight, right? How do you find time to keep the training? Is it just sort of the, the passion? Because obviously 195, 195, you're, you're still doing it and training. How do you find the time with everything going on? You know, here's the thing on that, man, is, uh, you know, I had that, had that real last want to make one last run to make it back into the big show or, show that I can still do it and I'm still, you know, uh, somebody to be trifled with. And that was what was really pushing me because I made, oh, man, uh, people are laughing at it and they're like, oh, you, you got offered this. Well, you know, as soon as that thing came out about the the me needing fights and things like that, people were calling me up all over the place going, hey, I'll give you $1,500 to fight. You know, but the thing is, though, they want me to fight a guy that I should be getting $10,000 to fight. And I'm like, Y'all are rapists, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So they were they were kind of upset when I actually called them out on it. Well, you should be taking anything you can at this point. But yeah, well, let me go in there and look stupid for your guys because I can't actually train for this fight either, you know, because I have no way to train. But you're going to pay me crap if you want to fight a guy that's you know ready to go do this and paying him correctly. Yeah, go rape somebody else, you know. And that's why I, I had a few guys call me up for that. And uh, just basically, oh, you got no heart, things like that. Now I've got plenty of heart. I'm just not as stupid as I was when I was younger. <laughs> uh, event promoters <laughs> not known the world over to be always the fairest people. Oh yeah, that's a safe oh, yeah. assessment. Yeah, but I did. I'm not gonna lie. I did take the right fights. You know, I I took uh, there were a couple of fights that literally I made a thousand dollars. And uh, people were like, "What do you mean you made a thousand dollars?" Yeah, I made a thousand dollars in that fight and. They're like, well, I thought you got paid a lot of money. Yeah, you're high. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we people are are amazed. We announced uh, how much money when I tell them what I've made, and I've had five fights this year. They're all so amazed, you know. Like, I literally uh, made more money in this last fight for Bellator than I did the other four fights combined. Yeah, which is kind of the way it goes too, and uh, it's. In a lot of ways, it's almost like your personal curse, and I bet it happens to a lot with people that were on the Ultimate Fighter, because you sort of oh, get this, yeah, you get this misconception that you see everyone, and it's like they've had twenty seasons, they've had over twenty seasons, like that's a, and a lot of internationals. It's like the the market's just gotten much 
bigger than it once was in terms of like how many people have cycled through that show. And you especially were one of the people like we all really, you obviously were divisive. Well, we <laughs> loved you. Like that was, I think a lot of people did too, like, cause you weren't boring either. <laughs> so Kev, if I can word. interject, I think the other thing that happens here though is Baba is that you've been around the game and you know exactly what you're supposed to get. And on the other side, right. They also know that there's young kids who just will take anything and they saturate the market down. So not only is there oversaturation, but then you've got these kids who are fighting for pennies and they make it so that even your most veteran or senior fighters won't make any money because they've lowered the bar that low. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's crazy. Like I say, because now I've had, including the show and things like that, I've had 43 pro fights now. That's just that's an astronomical number to me, even from whenever I thought what I was going to do when I first started doing this. And, you know, my body is you know old and beat up compared to you know a lot of the younger guys. I'm 32, but I'm an old man in the fight world. You know, I, I'm I'm pretty ancient. I'm not I'm not Dan Henderson or nothing. But shoot, you know, he's yeah. a thousand years old in MMA, and I'm you know <laughs> I still say I'm 158 or something like that. Well, it's, it's hard to tell with your devilish good looks, but go on. Oh, yeah, that devilish bald head that I can grow a skull at and everything else, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's good stuff. But as this is happening, so tell us, uh, you know, how does this Bellator fight happen? Because, you know, I, I had texted you when I heard the fight was coming up, and I, I had seen, I think, just on your Facebook, you were putting out uh, just kind of a, a real, like, hey, guys, you know, it's probably going to happen. No big deal. And I just said, you know, right. I was like, obviously, you know, we always want to chat with you. You let us know what's going on. And uh, right then and there, I was like, you know, Bubba's focused. So, like, I'm going to let him do his thing because he's always going to find a way to chat with us no matter what. Um, right, right. But we, we definitely wanted to know what was up. You know, what? how did they contact you? What began your training camp? How did that whole process go for you? You know, whenever I wanted to make that last shot and uh, last run to try to get back to the I wanted to get back to the UFC. That's what I wanted to do. And uh, I asked for uh, my release from Bellator. I thought I had another fight or two on there. We had a really big mix-up of what was going on with contracts that I signed before my last fight. I got hurt, you know, the, the fight contracts beforehand, things like that. So I just asked for a release. It wasn't a big deal. They were like, yeah, no problem. You know, yeah, well, as soon as it got talked through. And, uh, so I was, you know, thinking, hey, I'm going to try to get back to the big show, you know, like, and uh, I want to, well, I should say the biggest show is the way I say it. The Bellator is still a huge show, and it's, and it's an honor to, to be a part of it. But, you know, as a kid and everything like that, the UFC is what I always wanted to be at, you know, and I wanted to, you know, go, hey, you know, to everybody that always said, yo, you didn't make it, you just had the other, you were there, you were gone. I wanted to go, hey, but I made it twice. Can you make it twice? You know, and that was, that was going to be my little, you know, shove in their face. And then I had that little, slip up and robbery you know it's like i say it's it's still my fault in the long run because i'm the one in there fighting but vinyl canvases and things like that i let's just say i hate them now <laughs> if you if you were to watch that fight and everything i've never beat up somebody as much as i've beat up that the guy that i fought i had 38 unanswered lefts and still didn't get a stop it just just one of those things you know where hey i felt robbed so, but, you know, so at that point, that I'll was, find uh, somebody, I was, I was pretty down. Yeah, <laughs> we'll I was pretty do it down tonight. at that yeah. point. 
It's tough what, too because uh, no, I'm I'm coming to your. Uh, I was making a joke, but that's a tough thing to experience, especially on on the other side, right? You don't try and leave it to decisions, but we also there's a difference between a close decision and and how those fights end. And well, I didn't that even happens. lose decision. I, I fell and I got I went into it. I got I was defending a choke and then I slid again on the sweat of a mat <laughs> and made the choke tighter and got choked. Ah, uh, I thought you were saying they stopped. You were okay. You were looking for the referee stoppage pre. No. Yeah, before that, like I literally had two ten eight rounds. <laughs> my first two. Well, I should say the first one be ten nine, but my second one was a ten eight for sure. <clears throat> and then I still, I, I I hit that. Go to mount him. He slides from under me while I'm mounted. That's not foot number one. I stand up, throw a head kick. My foot slides. And I fall all the way on my ass. I almost caught myself twice on one leg and still both feet went in the air. Yeah. Oh, I was pissed, dude. So I hit my back. Dude goes to jump on me. You know, to his credit, he's a good jiu-jitsu guy. Starts to slap on a submission. As I'm defending, you see us both slide about a foot and a half to two foot. And, you know, when we slid, the choke got inside. It just did. And uh, at that point, I was done. It, it was, it was. Promise you, I, I've never been so mad, and I've never contested another fight in my life. You know, I've always taken it. What happens, dude? I, I tried to get Texas to overturn that to at least even a no contest because of the slips, and they were like, "Well, nobody else complained about it, but yet watch the whole card, and there was people sliding all night on that canvas, and it was just, it was ridiculous. I was upset." And that ha- so especially like that's almost back to two, circa nineteen ninety eight to two thousand two MMA, like before it was popular when it would sort of oh, happen man. in casinos, and people be sliding over. Well, yep. we we also need to congratulate you. You have some amazing personal news. Correct. Yes, I am expecting a little uh, a little one myself. Well, I've got a little boy coming in uh, March. March third, he's due. We're naming him Jason Wilder. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great name. I was going to lobby yeah. for a uh, verbal tap, but I, w- I realize it's a weird name, so I was going to go with like verbal, <laughs> but then still. Uh, that sounds yeah. better. That does sound a lot better. And yeah, you're... we're naming him Jason after my buddy that uh, that passed away before the finale. Uh, I know y'all probably remember that. So we're naming him Jason, oh. but the, me and his mom were real good friends with him, so. That's his name, but we're going to call him Wilder because she's a little bit of a wild child. And, you know, I've got a little bit of a, you know, wild side to me too here and there. And we were just thinking of something different. I was thinking like mayhem, chaos, stuff like that, <laughs> that lines, and Wilder just sounded the best. I like Wilder. Plus, that's a great writing name. Like, that's how you always <laughs> want to measure it. It's like, how would that look on the front of a book? It would look really good. Yeah. We're, uh, we're planning on doing his room, his, uh, when we we get into a room, we're planning on doing his room in the theme of where the wild things are. Oh, that's so rad. Nice. That's like so that. cool. Yeah. That's like great. Yeah, especially with those wall art, the stuff they do now. So, Bubba, the, I guess the thing that really interests me at this point is how does one start to prepare for a fight camp or get into a fight camp upon the news of knowing you're going to be a father again? Like, like what's going through your mind as that's happening? Because I can barely do one thing at a time, let alone what most people would call another part-time job being added onto their list. It's been factually proven I can't even do one thing at a time. So, yeah. Bubba. 
you know, it's actually motivating, to tell you the truth, because we're right now, we are in a loft of a garage apartment, and that's that's what we live in. We live in a little bitty, uh, most people, what their bedroom is, is our entire house, from bathroom to kitchen to our room that we're in right now, and we're laying on that. So this money that was just made of Bellator, I literally went today, and uh, we were doing apartment shopping so we can have a two-bedroom apartment and uh, so we can get our little boy a, a spot. So it was motivating, to tell you the truth, this time, to go in there and have a good fight and make the money we needed to get into an apartment and out of here and you know start a good life for the baby coming along. Bubba McDaniel, just going to be juggling fight career, motorcycles, children. He's over there lawn mowing. He's still somehow giving the local law the most polite trouble he can, which is my favorite. (laughs) It's like, I'm not signing that. It's like, you rebel. You you deserve to go to jail, obviously. You won't put the seatbelt on, which doesn't make any sense as a law anyway, but still. So, so Bubba, I guess uh, seatbelt laws. You know, for very long. obviously, you get a good motivation going on there. You know, tell us about the fight because you also had this other issue of, hey, everybody, guess what? I'm going to be on after the fights, which is still a process to me. I don't understand because that zeroes out any chance of being able to see it. So, like, how do you get told that and, like, what's going through your head? Because I'm sure what you have to be thinking is, I'm just here to fight, so whatever. Right. Okay, well, here's the thing on that. Everybody all night, I've been telling people, hey, y'all got to get there early because on, you know, most of the lists of, that I've looked at, I was first fight of the night. I was like, hey, y'all got to get there. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna get this done. We're going to hang out. We're going to watch the show. We're going to have a great time. You know what I mean? We're just going to sit there. We're going to enjoy it together. Then I hear, well, you're the last prelim fight. I was like, okay, well, how many prelim fights are there? Ten. Okay. When does the show start? Six. When does the live show start? Eight. Yeah. How the hell are you fitting ten fights in there? (laughs) And at that point, I'm like, so am I a swing bout? They're like, yes. Okay, swing bout. If you don't know what a swing bout is, you can fight any time in about a four-hour time span, and that sucks. Jesus. So... I'm sitting there going, well, I'm a swing bout. Well, then we go show up to get check-in times, and my check-in time was 7 p.m. I'm like, what do you mean 7 p.m.? You know, because everybody else for the prelims and stuff was like 4 o'clock. Well, come to find out, they had split up as many of the prelim fights as they can. They ended up having six prelim fights sneak in. They almost didn't even have the sixth fight if the fifth fight would have went to a decision before the main cards. Well, then we have the main card with, you know, Bubba Jenkins and, you know, Chidi and Jaquani and you got uh, Melvin Manoff versus Kato. And that was a great fight, by the way. So I had a good time watching that. Well, as soon as those were over, they went straight to dark fights. They didn't show them on the original stream, anything like that. People are saying now you can go to Bellator and watch the stream, but you've got, you can't fast forward it or it'll, it'll freeze on you. So you've got to watch the whole four and a half, five hours, six hours, whatever the heck it is. I don't know. Thanks, I haven't man. watched it yet to be able yeah. to watch my fight. And I had the last fight of the night. <laughs> it was it was crazy. But, yeah, all my fans and everything that came through, they all got there at like 5 o'clock because they thought I was the first fight. And I didn't fight until, what, about 11.30? <laughs> it 
Yeah, about eleven thirty at night. So they were good and tooted, you know, being there. I had a I had one one of my friends backhand another one in the crowd and everything, and it was just it was a hell of a night to listen to afterwards. <laughs> like I and he gets out of the cage after a fight, which is a major ordeal, and his friend's like, You're not gonna believe what happened. It's like well, yeah, not Pretty much. What, what are you talking about? I was yeah, my, the winner. Yeah, it's crazy. They're like no, out here, Eddie knocked out T- Tony. He's down. It's like wait, what? Yeah, yeah. I had a buddy of mine uh, that was there that actually you know was there to support and everything. I had a few other guys that I used to train with that were there, and I guess there was some uh, disrespecting going on back and forth between them, and then disrespecting of the guy, my opponent, and everything like that, and. It ended up not sitting well with two of my own friends, and one of them backhanded the other one in there right in the mouth. <laughs> uh, thanks. Did you send him a note that's just like, thanks for the support? Uh, yeah. <laughs> guys? There were, yeah. Enormous amounts of alcohol you should not <laughs> consume before above a fight. Note number one. <laughs> note that's... number two. See note number one. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that, you know what I mean? Like, maybe that's a good incentive for uh, for Bellator because you always bring a big crowd with you wherever you go. Yeah, so I feel like. on those people ASAP. That's well, I feel like it's a good incentive side. for them to be like, hey guys, can I fight a little earlier in the card? No big deal. I'm just saying for the health of our audience and their well being, right. it's probably better that we <laughs> you get know, them the there. Thing is, I, knew, I knew it too. I was like, dude, they're keeping my people in, the, in their seats for the TV part. <laughs> I understand that, whatever you want to do and anything. But, yeah, like you say, they, they were a little detrimental to my own friends <laughs> that I brought through. But that's, so that was you know, kind of crazy. Well, I mean, obviously, we didn't get to see the fight. So you mind telling us a little bit? I mean, obviously, I kind of snuck in a couple of the clips from your, your fan base. So that was great because – it feels like it just goes out into like the abyss. Like that's the saddest part for me in terms of, you know, you want to see you fight and then you don't get the opportunity to. So then I'm just looking right. at at Facebook and being like, somebody needs to update a brother here because I'm trying to figure out where you're at and how it's going. Right. Yeah, that was a lot of people. They were like, who who videoed it? Who videoed it? And there's people that have little clips, and that's about it right now. Yeah. Uh, other than I guess watching the stream. Uh, you know, it was kind of crazy at that point where whenever we went into this fight, I thought that he was one of the guys I actually fought in July and he was, him and his camp were pretty adamant about getting the fight when we had the fight in July. I ended up winning by triangle in the first round, but I'll, I'll give him credit. He won the first little bit of it and almost choked me in the first minute and a half, two minutes of the fight. And I ended up landing into a triangle and I elbowed him into submission at that point. And uh, they they were pretty pretty adamant about it being a fluke kind of thing, I'm sure. And uh, came in with a better game plan for this fight. You know, we both stayed a little standing a little bit more. Uh, I threw a couple of things, threw a hard leg kick, and then went to try to set up another one, and he checked the heck out of it. So that hurt a lot, and I didn't throw another one very you know fast afterwards. <laughs> and uh, you know, we did a little bit of little bit of a uh, moving around striking exchange. But when he threw, he didn't. He didn't look to want to have you know a, a technically exchange. He wanted to take my head all the way off. So everything he swung, you you saw it Melvin Manoff style. And I was like, yeah, we already watched one knockout like that tonight. I'm just not going to go into that. Ended up, uh, you know, I took the wrestler and jujitsu guy down, and uh, you know when I was on top, I just went to work. 
uh, gassed out in between round one and two a little bit. And it was kind of crazy. I was sitting on the stool going, wow, I'm tired. And, you know, stood up, went out to try to exchange a little bit more for the second round and uh, landed a good overhand, hit a good shot. He uh, actually reversed position for a second and went to pick me up to slam me. And I thought, oh, God, I'm here I go. And I did a good job of getting my hips back. I actually sprawled out well enough and got my hips back to where when he tried to slam me down, I landed on top in a sprawled position and took a, and he was in half guard underneath me. I went to work again, you know, pass guard a few times, kept landing strikes the whole time, stayed on top. He tried to get up uh, against the cage. I remember one time I landed an uppercut hook combination. He tried to swing over top. I took him back down again. At that point, I just played the uh, hammer fist elbows, cast the half guard, put him in the crucifix, you know, uh, Greg Jackson style. And uh, from there, went and finished the fight with uh, probably, it's probably around 25 to 30 with her right hands to the nugget. Oh, in the crucifix. That's a style points, too, by the way. I don't know the hammer. Ew. That's my worst that's, nightmare. That's, uh, that's Greg Jackson 101 right there, man. The way he showed <laughs> it to do it. Keep your head on the ground, hold the arm tight, you know, up against your neck and your head. Uh, you know, you've got the, <clears throat> you've got your knee over top of the other arm. And if he starts to get the arm back, you reach back, grab it, and pull it in tighter to where it almost feels like you're getting a bicep slicer. And uh, mm. I stayed on top, had my che- had my hips down real well on his chest, and uh, he tried to move his head out of the way a couple of times and just couldn't move it enough, couldn't get his hips moving enough. And, uh, you know, I just overpowered him to stay there and kept landing strikes. So uh, Mr. Jason Herzog pulled me off. Hey, what's it like to get pulled off someone? Genuinely, do you know, are you fully aware of what's going on in conscious, or is there a little party that gets lost? Uh, Well, when I was getting pulled off of him this time, I was actually watching Jason to see if he was actually going to do it, because I knew I wasn't going anywhere. Oh, really? Uh, I, remember, you, you were... I remember in other fights, though, with Casey Scola, when I was in Canada, I was in a different spot at that point, because he beat me the hell up in the first round. In the second round, when I came out and I finally got on top and mounted him, and I started dropping bombs... I was in that, you know, just mode of bomb on this dude, you know, and whatever, whatever I did and I was landing him and I heard the ref say something, it was just like, yeah, you're going down now. He's all I could think and <laughs> just kept just trying to hurt him as much as I could until the ref stopped it at that point, you know, okay. it, was, it was a really weird thing to, to be in a different mode at that point. You know, I've had, I've had a lot of different feelings and a lot of different endings of fights and, uh, you know, there are ones that you're still just, it's a euphoric feeling. Like, you're still in such an adrenaline uh, pumping mode to where you still want to keep hitting them or anything, but you know, like, you're in your own head going, okay, stop, you know, and then you get up, but you're still looking around for the who you're supposed to be hitting, you know. It's really weird at times. Well, because you also know that there's those cases where you don't want to be the person who didn't finish them when you need to finish them. So exactly. I'm sure that's always got to be swimming in your head is just like, all right, I want this to be done, but I also have to focus and, and not let this guy get back up. So I, exactly. I can sure I can I certainly see how that could be all shades of confusing and how you have about a dozen different feels that you've probably gone through in that that time and place. So obviously, oh, yeah. so happy for the win, man. So so great to see that happen. Uh, where are you at now? Like, what comes up next? I'm sure you know, baby is happening. So that's that's a thing yeah. into itself, but uh, where where right does, now, where baby does it go next? is it? As of right now, everything is focused around the baby. Uh, you know, I'm I'm actually about to become uh, 
it's really awkward and everything, but I'm going to do security, but for Walmart. So I'm going to be Walmart's security of the world, Craig. I'm just waiting on my background check right now to come through. It's been, I said, a minimum 10 days. It's been 17 business days right now. And uh, I'm just waiting to start a job doing that and uh, trying to see if I can make a regular life out of everything because it was really put to me another way again today. You know, you watch, uh, have you seen that? that clip of Kodo and his wife in the back when she said she was hurt yeah. watching that yeah. and he told her that's all he knows. I've had that conversation with the, the ladies laying beside me right now in a real talk after I got hurt that last year. Uh, and I, and I had the other times that I come home and I just can't move or things like that. And, and it hurts her heart and it hurts everybody else's heart around you, but it's all, you know, you know, so Right now, I'm trying to find out the the new place of where I can fit in into the world that might be outside of fighting, you know, and uh, it's a really scary thing to think about because I really don't know anything else besides security. I don't know anything besides, you know, something that has to do with being a physical person. And And I'm getting to the point where I have a broke down body and can't do that so well anymore. So I really need to find my place outside of fighting and in this world and that's what i really want to try to attempt to do you know because i've missed a lot of my other kids uh growing up things like that my other two children and i don't want to miss anything for this child either so there's a lot to be thought about uh has, has retirement come into play again quite possibly you know uh you know i'm not going to say it's it's out of the realm again for me not to fight again either because somebody comes with the right money and the right fight and they give me the right time to train for it, stuff like that. Yeah. There's always, there's always that. Yeah, I can do that. But as of right now, another fight in my future isn't, isn't even being discussed. All right. Well, but, uh, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all, are the, y'all are the first ones to get the big, big news on that. You know, I've talked to other people in little spots of it, but as of right now, like I said, that's, that's, that's the scoop. You're our I mean, friend above all. So, absolutely. You know, we want what's best for you. That's uh I appreciate that guys. I really, really do. Hey, it was like I say, I I, I wanna call and talk to y'all and BS just even in, you know, regular life, not just even on the podcast. You know, it's a it's one of those things y'all are appreciated so very much and you know, I'm I'm happy to be a part of your shows and you know, just even call y'all friend. So well, you know, that's uh, the fun part of doing this show is, I guess if you go back to the very beginnings of where we, we really started, it was do a show where we could have fun and bring on people who, who are fun, who have a good sense of humor about themselves and who know a little bit of something about the fight game. And you've always showed a, a certain capacity for understanding and getting us and having fun with us. And at the same point, you know, I mean, you've provided so many fights. You've had upwards of 40, 43 some odd fights, man. Unreal number. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I like professionally, at the, not even the amateur career. <laughs> and we're not even talking about behind the bar. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You that know what I mean? Like, for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. So don't ever look down on those. I mean, those are the ones that probably hurt you the most. But I think the fun part for us is, is that. Through thick and thin, you know, I, I like the ability to call on you and, and say like, hey, Bobo, we want you to appear on the podcast. But like you're somebody we actively will shoot notes to and 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 uh, shoot a joke to. And you were very gracious to come on and, and be the first person 
for an article I was writing. I mean, I was able to trick the people at my big kid job to let me write about MMA. And uh, a lot of that is, is great in part because of you. So, you know, you're always going to have a place on this show, man, whether you are fighting, whether you are not fighting. Um, because the fun part about listening to you even break down a fight that we didn't get to see is you describe it in such a way that only a fighter really understands because right. you're, you're giving us the minute details that most people might just say like, eh, you know, I got to half and then I just kind of work from there. No big deal. I mean, you painted a picture and that kind of canvasry is uh, is a very rare talent of somebody who's done this for a while and has that good skill. So, you know, from us on our part, we always like talking with you. But uh, you know what I mean, man? If if you ended up in a cage, I guess in a week, we wouldn't be surprised. But if you also wanted to do things to take care of your family, you've given us a lot. So I, I'm sure on behalf of myself and your friends and your fans and everybody who have been paying attention to you, you have a lot to to be happy with. And if you want to do more, man, that's you. But if you also don't, that's you too. Hey man, I need you. I need you to say it like, just like that. I need you to have my back no matter what. It's very Absolutely. appreciated on that. Absolutely. Verbal tap fans. We always love checking in with the original, the, the guy that brought us into this whole thing. <laughs> I, and he said he'll take us out anytime. Yeah, we so, continue to blame him for it. Don't let him say that. Ladies and gentlemen, Bubba the Menace, Bubba Saurus McDaniel. There you go. Three years later, we feel younger. We got to talk to all our friends. Rafael Lovato Jr., who's amazing. Eric Jackman, who's subpar. We love Bubba the Menace McDaniel. This podcast, Raph. It's keeping my jujitsu sanity levels in check. Yeah, I know. Because without it, I think I'd be one of those people... That was heavily investing in um, probably like, I don't want to say I'd go to like a high-end drug. Okay. But you got to get into something. And I wouldn't want to be one of those people that gets into like uh, archery too much because I don't have the time or the efforts. So I feel like it would probably like middle of the road itself into like a call of duty habit. And I'd I'd rather get back to jujitsu. I think for the sake of closing out this podcast, I will agree with you. Okay, perfect. Because otherwise, how do you how do you maintain it once you started? And I love it. I like being in tune with the community. And we're bringing it down to the end. It's time to say goodnight to our third year. It's Christmas. It's not Christmas yet. It's almost Christmas. We're getting there. Nuts. We got to do Thanksgiving first, then we get to Christmas. Can't even focus. Not after the three year. <laughs> gonna get? They should do the fireworks this week. The ones they do for New Year's. Wow. All should right. We, well, did you look, call someone? Here's did the you thing. I'm gonna. Email? I'm just gonna go ahead and take control of this, everybody. You know, the fun part about doing this show for three years is that sometimes you just feel a kinship with your audience. You feel like you can talk about anything. I mean, just listen to Kevin. He's talking <laughs> as if. He has known you guys for years, and he is not afraid to smoke out of you in front of you anymore. I mean, Time it's is not a factor. 
it's not a problem for him. So that's that's the important thing. But, uh, you know, Kev, I guess uh, if you had to really consolidate it, what's one of your favorite memories that you've had over the past three years? The Jiu-Jitsu Expo was such a good blast and interviewing because, you know, you you expect interviewing to be easy before you start doing it. It always looks like something that's really easy and then you start doing it. Uh, more so in the fight game, and that was that was like a good boot camp weekend. So I see it as a turning point. So I go back to the uh, JJ Expo, exhausted, because uh, it's also when I found out you did not eat or sleep. You just found out what a work ethic is like, really, is what it was. Call it whatever you want, but uh, Michael Jordan ate and slept. You have work ethic, there's work ethic, and also outside of that, you can continue to work through the night because you don't need rest i think it's a very well stated fact i eat very finely what is one of your favorite memories um i mean i always go back whenever we do the show to the first show i always think back to uh, you and i being very kind of like is this gonna work we should try it out and just see where it goes and uh you know i've said this story before but i still think it's really funny that i did the show from the set of the tonight show I just plugged in a microphone and brought my laptop and was essentially doing it from the audience of where the the folks sat at Leno. And uh, I just remembered baby being like 10 minutes into it and going, oh, is this kind of working? Yeah. We we work well together for whatever reason. About the time GSP arrived. No, I actually – GSP wasn't until a little bit later in the episode. Okay. But I definitely remembered being like – we have two very distinct uh, thoughts on certain things. Like uh, that episode, you were very clearly in the Carlos Condit camp of him winning the fight. And I was in the more, you know, I could see GSP winning. And I think that uh, from those very, very few moments of, of having that, you could tell that we both respected each other enough to hear the other out but to also have a lot of fun within the realm of doing a podcast. And I think that's the most important thing is you have to have fun. Hopefully you guys have fun when you're listening to us banter and that you recognize that Kevin and I don't actually hate each other. Um, We just really do. (laughs) And there is uh, still footage of us playing a certain game that we've not forgotten. There is. No, I've never forgotten about that. I still think that's hilarious. Uh, there's still footage of us playing a game that I think you guys will will enjoy seeing at some point or in, another. In theory, we invented and are the only two players with Keenan briefly. Yes, yes. There are some nice uh, indulgences and, and uh, fun, I guess, uh, suggestions from our, our folks and our Competition friends. Competition to tap yeah, your friends when they're vulnerable. That's all. And, just... you know, I think it's a nice dynamic. I, I don't think it's anything different than most people would sneak up and try to kill their friends, choke it's them unconscious. Much like Adam Hunter's eloquent, poetic, <laughs> nearly tear-jerking voicemail, it's uh, the toughness that shows love, which is going to take us to some shout-outs. I'm going to start. Huge shout-out to John Evans, as we were just chatting about. I was giving him a little bit more credit uh, for that deep half-guard move. He showed at your wedding, which is another one of the great things that this show has produced. Some really good 
jujitsu tours for me. Uh, those are my close-up memories. I give the podcast credit for those. Obviously, you're a close affiliation. Sure. Uh, because of your scheduling, you should still start the ref as far as those jujitsu tours in LA. <laughs> and there are hundreds of people that have been very gracious to us, but I do want to give Bubba a nice special shout out. He was one of the very first to see some talent and say, I want to go talk to those guys some more. We appreciated that. There have been some great people along the way and professor Lovato's another one. And we saw him early on. We've obviously been following his fight career because we were obsessed with him. So it's great to chat with those people. And Raph, I agree. I felt like I could not have seen the fight clear. Carlos Condit had won. Yet routinely, you have a perspective that is unique and fresh. Could be a little less mean uh, in terms of its general tone. But maybe if it was just funnier, I'd let it slide. And I think 2016 is going to be your year where you start to get some jokes in on this thing. Hmm. That's going to do it for me. Did you want to tally the amount of money that we have been paid as comedians? No. Okay. I just wanted to make sure one of us <laughs> knew what it was like to actually be funny. Be paid to be funny. Very <laughs> different. I've heard. I uh, I understand. No, no, no. It's yeah. Kev, you are adorable. Got You're twenty like- bucks to stop once. Does that count? Did you really? Well, the show, they really needed to end it. And they were like, hey, we have you scheduled to do 15. Do you mind doing five? And he was like, I'll, I'll just shoot you the difference. Like, Not at all. 20 bucks for doing less time. I guess herein lies one of the, the best parts of the podcast for me is I always feel like Kevin and I have these rich prequel backdrops to our history where I don't know everything about Kevin. And that's the assumption is everybody thinks that we've been friends forever. Like they think we grew up together and that's not necessarily the case because I met Kevin when we were competing in speech and debate and that wasn't until late really in uh, my competition uh, game. And while most people think you do that in middle school and high school, Raph and I are the cool exception that parlayed it into college and grad school. Got uh, a lot of our college paid for basically by getting up and talking and doing what we do here. But you know, I I think it's funny because – there's so much rich history between the two of us. So when Kevin says stuff like that, I always go, oh, you did that? Is that really true? Comedy's glamorous. <laughs> 20 bucks to do less time. But I digress. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're surrounded by so much great talent, so many great friends. Obviously, thanks to everybody who left a voicemail because, um, you know, we give everybody the opportunity to make fun of us. We don't take ourselves too seriously here. So we always know that people have the opportunity. They have the floor. We give them time to make fun of us. And more often than not, they say really nice things. And it's always kind of surprising and funny and ridiculous. But I think it's a true reflection of uh, the fact that when people end up doing the show with us, sometimes they don't know who we are. Sometimes they do. But they'll finish and they'll be like, anytime you guys want me back on, let me know. And that's the stuff we always get really excited about because off air – They'll, they'll say what, what a great time they had or that they really enjoyed us. And that's always what, what feels super nice. So to those folks, thank you very much. On the other side, I guess you could say this because, uh, you know, you get those good guest voicemails. But we also have to give credit to people like Andrew Correa who uh, gave us our website and 
very instrumental in the very beginnings of uh, Tommy uh, Herbal Tempest. Really uh, let's not put that on him. <laughs> Obviously, Kevin's instructor back in credit DC. where credits do. It's like ah, uh, you know, I showed him but, some things. I don't know about taught him. Yeah, he's he's definitely gonna walk very quickly away from that one as the years progress. But uh, you know, I mean, Andrew has always been a friend of the podcast. He always will be. So thanks to him. Our additional thanks to both of our academies. Uh, I mean, I, I love the fact that Kevin always was talking about uh, going to D.C. and uh, training out there with Andrew. For me, it's always been Valley Martial Arts Center, training with the great people there. Obviously, John Budd, our good friend, Marcelo. Uh, I mean, great, great people. Um, super nice. And on the same end, of course, over John Evans's camp at Breakdown Academy, the great people there as well. And it, it's not just them, but it's also the surrounding neighborhoods and the community who always get behind us and say uh, very nice things and the people who don't say nice things. I mean, we pay attention. We're very savvy. And uh, we always try and take it constructively unless people say we suck. And at which point we just kind of say, well, you suck. All right. There. Take that, the internet. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's a blast. And I think if there's anything to be learned of three years is – you you come back and you do it and I think the fun part for me is I always get just as excited every time we start up a show because it's a new opportunity to introduce you guys to athletes you may not know, stories you may not know, uh, gyms, academies, peaceful places, all those sorts of things. So hopefully when we're, we're creating that slice of life, we give you a little bit of, of something new each time. So thank you guys for listening. Obviously, you are uh, a huge part of this. And uh, yeah, like I said. Every time we get super excited to do this show for you guys, it still feels the same like it did the first time. And we continue with our creed, which is we will keep doing this until it stops being fun. And I think we're we're a means away from it stopping to be fun. Pop the bubbly. That's going to do it for us tonight. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and happy three years. Thank you.